Uh, okay. We're up to the Mishnah. Let's pause again the Mishnah on Ayin Tesamid Beis. We, we did it yesterday, but let's 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 pause it again. The, the Mishnah is, is dealing with as follows. The Mishnah is saying like this: um, a person has him and his wife. Now, his wife was already, let's say, he she was already genealogically pure when they got married. They investigated it. She's not a mamzeres. He's not a mamzer. Everybody got the kashras to sign off. The cases where he and his wife go travel to an island. They go they go far away for five years. And he comes back, comes back five years later with children. Now, obviously, the children are not, the children are not, were not there when he left. Now, so him and his wife, they they look the same. So they're they're they're, they're legit. Him and his wife are legit, but his uh children are new. The question is, does he have to do anything to prove that these children are genealogically pure? Again, him and his wife are, and they went to a Medina Sayyam, and now they come back with kids. And he claims, this is my wife, which they could see. And these are my children. You don't have to do anything. Why? The wife was already checked out before they went, so she's got the, the stamp of approval. The children, why don't you have to prove that these are the children from her? How do you know that these aren't stepchildren, adopted children, children from somewhere else? So the Gemara is going to explain. Yeah, yeah. So the, the point is, you don't have to do anything for the children. The Gemara is going to explain. This is specifically talking about young children that are clinging to her and treating her like a mom. So that's called a chazaka. Well, listen, do we know definitively that that's the mother? Are there Adam that were there when she gave birth? No. Is it possible that this woman adopted them when they were five days old? It's possible. But it's called a chazaka, right? Everyone's father. How do you know he's your father? Seriously, I'm not. you don't know he's your father, right? You don't know that the mother didn't commit adultery. What's the answer? It's chazaka. The chazaka is that when someone raised you as the father, more often than not, he's the father. So this is also a chazaka. The chazaka is that when children are hanging around the mom, little kids are clinging to her, she claims to be the mother, Stop! it's the mother. It's called a chazaka. Fine. Let's keep going. Let's say he comes back. He left with his wife, and he comes back with no wife and kids. He says, my wife died, and these are her kids. So what's the halacha? Maybe raya you don't have to check out whether the wife was good because the wife, you already checked before. You just have to now prove that these are the wife's children. Meaning the wife's name is Sarah. You claim Sarah passed away and these are Sarah's kids. So now obviously they're not acting like her mom. She passed away. So what you have to do is you have to bring Adam that these are Sarah's kids. If you could bring Adam that these are Sarah's kids, he's already checked off. She's already checked off. We just got to have Adam that these are her children. If there were Adam there at the time of the hospital, call the doctor. Says, yeah, those are the kids. Sure, beautiful. Now let's go a little bit further. Let's say he, he leaves with one wife, but he comes back with a different woman. And he says, I got married to a different woman. I got divorced. I got married to a different woman. This is my new wife. This is my second wife. And these are her kids. So what's the halacha? All you have to do is to prove that that wife is genealogically pure. And that's all you got to do. Again, he leaves with Sarah. He comes back with Leah. He says, this is my new wife, Leah, and these are her kids. So all you got to do is get Adam to prove that she is not a mamzeris, 
and not a Nasina. You got to investigate her. You don't have to investigate the kids. Why? Because again, the kids are clinging to her like she's a mom. So that's, 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 you don't have to assume that uh, there's someone else's kids. But what about eight Mesa now? Let's say he comes with a second wife. He, he leaves with the first wife. He comes back with kids and he says, these kids are not from my first wife. I was, okay, he leaves with Sarah. Comes back without any wife and comes back with kids. But he says, these kids are not Sarah's kids. Sarah died. I got married to Leah. Leah died. These are Leah's kids. So now what you got to do is you, you got to now prove that the kids are Leah's and you got to prove that Leah is not a Mamzeris because we don't know anything about her. When he left, he left with Sarah. Sarah had been checked out. But he claims that he married a new wife, which we have no idea who she is, Leah. And he claims that these kids are from Leah. So we got to prove that these kids are from Leah. And then we got to prove that Leah is not a Mamzeris. Now, the theme of the Mishnah is basically, if you could prove the mom, you don't have to prove the kids, because the kids are like we just assumed. So it says the Gemara, we're specifically talking about cases where the children are clinging to her, meaning the children are acting like she's their mom, and that's why you don't have to do it. If the kids, listen, if the kids are 20 years old, you know, they're adults, teenagers, whatever, then not only are you going to have to start investigating the kids too. Because you investigate the mom, right? Let's say the second case. You, he comes back with a new wife and children. So Leah and children. And he says, these are Leah's kids. So we said in the mission, you have to just prove that Leah is not a mamzeris. That's all you got to do because the kids are definitely hers. Not if they're teenagers. It's only because they're clinging on to her. They're holding on to her. They're the little baby. She's holding them. Okay, Mistama, she's theirs. They're the baby is hers. But if the kid's in a teenager, an adult, then you got to then you gotta investigate everybody. Says the Gemara, Tan Rabbanu, the Bryce's mom speaks this up. The guy comes back and he says, I married a woman overseas. And these are this is her and these are her kids. So, maybe same thing. You prove the wife, you don't have to do anything about the children. Maybe But you have to investigate the adult kids. Why? Because again, the whole Indian of why you don't have to investigate the children because there's a chazaka that when children cling to a woman, little babies are hanging around her the whole time. And they, they, those kids act differently with their mothers than they do with anybody else. And some of those, that's the mom. But if they're gedolim, if the kids are already 10, 15, 20, then you got to investigate the kids too because they, they're not going to act to her like differently. But says the Gemara, this concept that if a child clings to a woman, we assume that it's hers. Let's say the guy goes overseas. And he claims like this. Again, he comes back. We, we have this in the mission. He goes overseas and he comes back and he says, let's say he goes single. Just make it easy. He goes single. He comes back and he says, this is my wife, Leah. And these are her kids. So we said, just investigate Leah. And once you prove that she's legit, you don't have to investigate the kids because the kids are, kids are clinging to her. What if he goes, he comes back and he says, I actually married two wives. I married Rachel and Leah. Rachel never had kids. She died. This is Leah and this is our kids. Once he already says he had two wives, then you got to investigate the kids. Why? Because maybe it's possible that these are actually Rachel's kids and Rachel died and Leah raised her as a stepmom. Meaning we're always in the mindset of there's just one wife with children. So if there's just one wife and children, these little kids are clinging to her. Stomach, she's, she's the mom of theirs. But if he comes back and he says, I actually had two wives overseas. One of them died. This is the second wife and these are her kids. Now we already have a problem. Why? Because they're clinging to her. Yeah, but he already said he had two wives. Maybe these kids are really from the first wife. The wife died when she was when the children were very young. The second wife raised them. 
if you raise them, listen, if you raise them when they're little babies, they're going to cling to you too, like it's a mom. And because he mentioned there's two wives, now we already got to investigate the children as well. Okay. Okay, let's go to the Gemara. Now, this concept that if a child is clinging to a woman, we assume that she's the mom. That's called the Chazaka. Right? We don't have Edus. It's a Chazaka. Amrish Lakish, go to the next page. Beginning of the page. This is only true that this concept that if a, a, a babies are clinging to the mom, we assume that she's the mother, that Chazaka is only true for Kodshak meaning for Truma. I'll give you an example. Let's say the guy's a Kayan. So we assume that his wife, so his wife can eat Truma. We assume that these are her kids. So they also can eat Truma. But says the Gemara for Yichus. Again, the Mishnah said that these children are probably the moms regarding what halacha. So says the Gemara, that's only regarding Truma. But regarding Yichus, you got to investigate. Meaning, Yichus, to find out whether someone's a mamza or not, we do not rely on this Chazaka. This Chazaka is not strong enough. This Chazaka, that if a baby is clinging to a woman, Mestama, she's the mother, that Chazaka is only true regarding Truma. You want, if, again, let's say she's a she's a Baskayan and she's living at home, but whatever. Well, let's say he's a, he's a Kayan, he's married to her. So we say that if she's clinging to him, Mestama, she's the kid, that, that she's the mom. Regarding what halacha? Regarding Truma, yes. Regarding Yichus, meaning, let's say he's genealogically pure. And the wife is genealogically pure. So now you say, well, if the baby's clinging to her, she's the mom, not regarding Yichus. Regarding Yichus, we're more machmer. So when the Mishnah says that we assume that she's the baby of the mother because she's clinging to her, that's only regarding Truma, not regarding Yichus. It says the Gemara, Rav Yechon disagrees. He says, no, if you love Yechon, Rav Yechon says, no, this Chazaka is strong. It basically, it's a, it's, it's a larger shaila of like, how, how much credence do you put into a Chazaka? This is, again, this is a Chazaka. So Rish, was this Rish Shalakish? Rish Shalakish says, I'll give it for Truma. Okay, fine. For Truma, it's Darabanan, fine. But for Mamzeris, for like Yichus, no. You got you got it. I need Edis. Rav Yechon says, no, Chazaka is strong. Chazaka is very, very strong. And the Gemara says, this is Rav Yechon Shitaso, that a Chazaka is very strong. Malkin al Chazakis. Sulkin v'sarfin al chazakas v'insarfin truma al chazakas. Rav Yechon said three halachas, and we're going to explain each one. Number one, we will give lashes based on a chazaka. We'll explain the case. That just shows you how strong a chazaka is. We'll murder people. <laughs> we will kill them. I don't mean murder as in like we will kill them in Bezdin based on a chazaka alone. And the third one is we do not burn truma though based on a chazaka. That we'll analyze. But the point is, you see from this, we'll see these cases, but you see from this that Rav Yechonon puts a lot of strength into a chazaka. Because he'll kill someone in court based on a chazaka. Now what's the case? Let's go through each one. Malkin ala chazakas. The first concept that Rav Yechonon said that we will give lashes based on chazaka alone. What's the case? Rav Yehuda. It's the case of Rav Yehuda. Dam Rav Yehuda. nida seha. nida. So in the times of the Gemara, a lot of times, women would wear special clothing when they were in nida. Yeah. So the neighbors see her, uh, this wife, they would wear special robes that they would wear when they were in Nida. That was their Nida robes. Okay. So a woman is wearing, it makes sense, by the way, because Nida clothing is Tame. So why would you, every time you wear clothing, you have to be So they would have special clothing that they would wear when she's in Nida. Let's say a woman is walking around her house and her backyard in her Nida clothing. Yeah. Now, do you know she's a Nida? No. But that's called a Chazaka. 
there's a very strong presumption. That's what a chazak is. It's a presumption, right? A baby is clinging to the mom. Do you know she's the mom? You don't know definitively, but more often than less. You understand what I'm saying? Probably. So this woman is wearing nida clothing in her house, and then she goes home and lives with her husband. We're going to give the husband lashes because he lived with a nida. Aye, there's no aidus. The answer is, is a chazak. That's an example of lashes based on a chazaka alone. Let's keep going. What's considered a case of stoning and burning for chazaka alone? Cycling reserving a chazaka is kidravuna baravuna. In the cases like rabbaravuna, dam rabbaravuna, ish ve isha tinakutinaki shekdilu betechabayis, misalkin zazev and israfin zazev. Let's say the case is like this. I don't should say that. Stop the recording. I'm going to have to figure this out. Um, Whatever. Thank God it's recording over here. So, meaning like this. Let's say you have uh, siblings raised in the same house. Everyone in the neighborhood thinks they're brother-sister. They get older, they, they have relations together. We will kill them because they have relations with the brother-sister. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you know definitively their brother-sister? No. Are there ADUS? Are there, you know, DNA? No. But that's called the Chazaka. When two children are raised in a home together for 20 years and everyone in the neighborhood thinks they're brother-sister and they're called brother-sister, that's a chazaka. And Rabbi Yechon says, we'll kill someone based on that. By the way, or if the parent lived with them. Meaning, uh, what do you call it? Incest. We're going to kill based on that. That's a chazaka. Oh, and Amr Rav Shem Ben Pazi, Amr Rav Yishu Ben Leib, Mishim Bar he gives an example. Maisa Bishach, a story happened. There was a woman from Yishalayim, Vitinak Morkalak Seva, that she was raising a baby. She had this baby that she was raising for years. Everyone's just like mom and baby. That's the, the kid. Higdilu, after she got older, Bala, she had relations with him. So what's the halacha? They gave her skila. Now, is that does anyone know definitively she's the kid? She's the mom? No. But they, they were raised that way for 20 years. That's what everyone thought. That's what it was doing. That's how they raised together. So it's a chazaka. And it's not because we know that she's the kid. She, that she's the child, that she's the mom of because she's clinging to him. So this is Rav Yechel and Shitasai that for a Chazaka alone, that's very, very strong. But what Rav Yechelen did say is we will not burn Truma based on a Chazaka alone. Because the halach is like this if Truma, you, there's an Isser of burning Truma. However, if Truma's Tame, you have to burn it. So let's say there's a Chazaka that it's Tame. So now you have two choices. You're definitely not going to eat it. Right again, I don't know this edus that it's tame, but there's a chazaka. We'll explain the case in a few moments. I'm definitely not going to eat it. The question is, will I burn it based on this? Ravichan said no. Ravichan says, even though I'm into chazakas, I'm not going to burn it based on a chazaka. What's the example? Ain't surf and truma al chazakas. We're not going to burn truma based on a chazaka. The Gemara says, the Amra of Shimon Lakish, Sarfin Achazakis. Rish Lakish says, we do burn based on a chazaka. Ravichan ain't sarfin. Ravichan says, no, we don't. Vazl tamayu, and it's Lishitaso. That's not. Okay, the Mishnah says like this. Here's the case. What's an example where Rish Lakish would say we burn based on a chazaka and Rav says we would not? Here's the case. Tinik shenimtza b'tzada isa u'batzik v'yadeh. Okay, you have a little baby. He's sitting near a, a, a loaf of dough. There's a loaf of dough over here. And he's playing with a piece of dough. Again, we don't see what happened, but probably took a piece from the loaf. The majority of children were tame because they used to play in the trash cans, and the trash cans had dead animals in it. <laughs> that was life then. So, so the average child was tame. 
And we don't know that he touched the bread, but he's got a piece of dough in his hand and he's next to a large loaf. That's called the chazaka, right? Do I know definitively that he took a piece? No, but probably. Where else would he have gotten it? Is it like, is it possible that there's a loaf of dough that he did not touch and he happened to go to a different house, took a piece of dough? Yeah, but it's it's not likely. So most likely is that this dough, which is truma, is tummy now, and we should burn it. So it says, A child is next to a loaf of dough, that's truma, and he's got a piece of dough in his hand. So, Rav Meir Mitar, Rav Meir says Tahar. Rav Meir says Tahar, why? I don't know that he took it. First of all, I don't know that he's tummy. I don't know that he took it. Right? No, very tummy. Why? Because it's normal to children to go, the majority of children would play in the trash. They would touch things that were tummy. And he probably took it from there. So it's machlokes or may and the chachamim whether we treat this loaf of bread as tummy or not. I know it's interesting. He's not in this case. Well, maybe he's chay shlemiuta to be meta to be lenient. What's the reason of mayor? Why is mayor cool with this loaf of bread? So kesavar roiv tinoikis metapchin umir e metapchin. Let's say eighty percent of kids play in the trash. So eighty percent of kids are tummy. Twenty percent not. Then. So you have, okay, but 80%, that's the majority. The, this bread has a cheskas tahara, right? This bread was done with tahara. You don't know that it's tamay. You have the 20% that, right? 20% against 80%, 80% wins. But you take the 20% and you take the fact that there's a cheskas tahara, that there's a presumption that this loaf is tahar because it was done with the rabbi's approval. Put the cheskas tahara with the 20%. That, that wins. That's where Mayor Sheetan. The, the loaf of bread was... Ma made a loaf of dough. She made a betahara. So there's a cheskas tahara. There's a presumption that it's tahara. You think the kid touched it. So there's a cheskas tahara. And you have the fact that there are a minority of kids that are tahara. You put the 20% of kids that are tahara with the fact that it's cheskas tahara, that wins. That's where Mayor Sheetan. Why do the Chacham say it's tahara? The Chachamim, Rabbanan, miyuta kamadalase dami. They're going to come and say like this. Why are you taking the 20%? Look at it as an equation. 80% against 20%, which wins? 80%. 20% is gone. Boom. Majority. Majority wins. Now it's just a chazaka against rov. Ruba v'chazaka, ruba adav. Rov wins. So that's like an interesting way of how do you look at it. I Meaning Rav Meir is willing to like sort of take all the factors and make it to one question. What happened here? So he says, well, you have a chazaka that it's tahar. You got the majority that it's tamim, you got the minority. Take the minority with the chazaka, it wins. The Chacham say, no, no, no. Analyze each one in a vacuum. Roiv, let's analyze whether this kid is tame. Majority of the kids are tame, minority not. What do you say? Kid's tame. Stop. The 20% is gone. It's in the trash. Now you take that. He's Now you have majority tame against the loaf of bread. Majority wins. The point is, this is an example where we don't know that it's tame, but it's a chazaka that it's tummy. It's a presumption that it's tummy. The, the the overall ruling. And what does Rish Lakish say? Burn it. That's what Rish Lakish says. The Rav Yochan says no. I am not going to burn the loaf of bread based on this presumption alone. Because again, if I'm wrong, you are burning truma be'iser. So Rav Yochanan is not going to burn truma in this case. This is machlokas. So Rav Yochanan would say just don't eat it. Rav Shlakish would say burn it. 
That's the Gemara says, Amr Ishlakish, Mishim Ravaishia, Zuhi Shasar from Lesa Truma. Ishlakish says, This is an example. I would burn this loaf of bread, meaning I am so confident that this loaf of bread is tummy, I'd burn it. Rav Yochanan says, No, 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 no. Don't eat it. In the case of the baby, the kid touching the dough, don't eat it, but don't burn it. Okay, fine. Now, there is one case that Rishlakish would burn without full knowledge. He's not going to burn that loaf of bread. That he's not. But there is one case where Rabbi Yechonah would burn. This is so gross. It's just an eye opening into what their lives were like. The Gemara says, What's an example that Rabbi Yechonah would burn the truma? Here's the case. I'll tell you after the case, the case, and then we'll see. There were different types of lizards. Um, many lizards are shrotzen that are tummy, but some like iguanas are not. The case is you have a loaf of bread that's truma, and in the loaf of bread, there are lizard tails. Yeah, of course, or lizard feet, or a piece of like a reptile is in the dough. I just don't know if it's the type of lizard that's a sheretz. Or not. If the majority side, you got to do, you know what you got to do? You got to go to your house. Um, you got to look at your house. You got to ask your wife, are there more lizards in this house? <laughs> or Schrotzen, right? Let, let's say, let's, again, I, I'm not a bucky in these things. I don't believe a frog is a sherds. I don't believe he is. So let's say there's, there's a, there's a foot in this dough. It's either, let's say just for argument's sake, it's not true, but let's say an iguana is a sheritz and it's tame. A frog is not a sheritz, not tame. Not, by the way, dead animals are not tame. It's only shrotsim that are tame. Shrotsim or, or uh, large behemoths. But but if you have like a, a dead frog, it's probably not tame. So there's a frog leg. There's, okay, there's a reptile leg in my dough. I don't know if it's a frog and it's tahar or if it's an iguana and it's tame. So, so what do you do? You ask your wife, would you have to say the majority of animals in this house, are they frogs or are they iguanas? If she says the majority of reptiles in this house on any given moment are iguanas, then it's Tame and Raviachan says that I'd burn. See, over there, the difference is I know there's something in the dough. See, the case, the first case with the child, we're assuming the child is holding a piece of dough and there's a large dough next to him. We're assuming that he got it from there. Now, we don't know that. So Raviachan's like, listen, I'm not going to burn it based on that. Over here, there is something in the dough. There is a reptile leg in the dough or a piece of a reptile in the dough. It's worse. I, I know there's an issue. It's not a, it's, it's a bigger, you understand that? That's, that's a much larger problem. The Gemara says, Isa you have a dough, let's say a dough of truma in the house. And there's, in the house, there's constant shrotzim, which are tame, and frogs, which are not tame. And they've been going through this dough, okay? Now, the problem, and now I, I see a reptile-like piece in the dough. I don't know if it's from a sheretz and it's tame, or it's from a frog and it's not tame. So what do you do? If the house has the majority of the reptile creatures in the house, then it's tame, and that you burn. Okay, fine. Very good. Now, going back, there was a machlekes in the case of the child. Again, the child has a piece of dough, there's a large dough next to him. We don't know that he took from it, but if you had to guess, probably. Everyone agrees you don't eat the dough. The question is, do you burn it? Reish Lakish says yes. Rav Yochan says no. The Gemara says, Tani Kavasa Rav Yochan. I have a brace in the backs of Rav Yochanan. What's the brace in the backs of Rav Yochanan? Now, the halach is like this. In general, Suffolk Tumah 
The halacha is Brishus Arabim Tahar, Brishus Ayachid Tame. If I have a suffix Tuma in Rishus Ayachid, we say Tame. Why? What is the source that a suffix Tuma? A Sota. A woman who's a Sota is a suffix Tuma, right? We don't know what happened with her when she closed the door, but we treat her as guilty until she's proven innocent. So, and that happened privately. So, Suffolk Tome, Bershus Ayachet Tome, Bershus Arabim, where Sota does not exist, Tahar. Now, the halacha is that because Sota is the source, the Shaila has to revolve around a Sota. Meaning, let's say you're, um, I'll pick you an example. You you touch something that might be Tome, might not be Tome. So, what's the halacha? So, if it, if the question arose, if you might have touched it in a house, you're like a Sota, strict. If the question is whether you touched it on the street, tahar. Now, the reason why that's a good example is because you're very similar to a sota in, in as much that you're both adult people that are smart, that are capable to ask a question. Let's say instead of you, it's a baby. A baby is walking. And we're not sure if the baby touched something. Now, could you ask a four-month-old baby, did you touch it? No. So the halacha is a baby, or not just a baby, an animal, things that you can't, have an intellectual conversation with, they're not like a sota, they're always tahar, in a case of doubt. But says the Gemara, there are two cases that they do not have the intelligence to ask them what happens. So they're not like a sota, but still, still the Chacham say it's a problem in a Suffolk Tumor. What are the examples? Tinnik, one is a baby, and a second case. Tinnik Amran, what's the case of a baby? The case of the baby is what we had before. You have this child who's sitting next to a loaf of bread, yeah, next to a dough. He's got a piece of dough in his hand. There's a large dough right here. We think he might have taken it, so you know what we say? Don't eat this. According to Rish Lakish, burn it. According to Rish just don't eat it. Why are we being strict? He's not like a sota. You can't ask a little baby if you took it from it. It's not comparable to a sota. The whole source that we're machmer by Suffolk Toma is a sota. You can't ask him. He's not like a sota. What's the halacha? The halacha is Chazal said, still we're going to be strict. It's one example. Chazal said, they're the exception. Babies are the exception. If an animal were to touch this, you can't ask an animal what happened, but a baby is the exception. That's one example. That's the first case. And the second case, we'll see how this is related in a second. What's the second case where we're strict by a suffix tuma, even though the person cannot be asked what happened? You know the other cases? Okay, you got, you got a loaf of dough in the house, and you got chickens. And the dough is full of beak marks. So the chickens definitely plucked the dough. So, okay, here's the problem. In that same house, there's tummy water. So it's a suffix. Maybe maybe the chicken just went and plucked the dough. Okay, no problem. Or maybe the chicken went to the water, put its beak in the tummy water, then went to the dough and put its beak in the dough and took the tummy water and put it in the dough. Right? The, 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 there's a loaf of dough in the house and there's beak marks in it. So, but there's also tummy water in the house. So maybe the chicken went to the tummy water, put its face in the tummy water, and then went to the dough and then stuck it in. Maybe he didn't go to the tummy water, he just put his head in the dough, which is fine. Chickens aren't tummy. Live chickens aren't tummy. It's gross, but they're not tummy. So here's the deal. That's an example of Suffolk Tuma. I would say Tahar. You can't ask a Sota. It's not like a Sota. You can't ask a chicken what happened. Chazal restrict. What's the point of this? <laughs> the point of this is as follows. The case of the baby... Where we said Tame, Rishlakish says burn, Rav Yochan says don't burn. 
What does the Bryce say? There are two cases that we're putting in the same category, the baby case and the chicken case. What's the halacha by the chicken case? Do I burn the dough? No, you just don't eat it. This is a riot The same way the chicken dough you don't burn, you just don't eat. Mistama, the baby dough, you also don't burn, you just you, you just don't eat. Now, that, that's the riot to Rav Yochanan, because they're put in the same category. The case of the baby dough, Rav Yochanan says, you don't burn, you just don't eat. The case of the chicken, you don't burn, you just don't eat. But some of the baby dough is the same as well. Now, just to finish up this, this whole issue with the chicken is that we're afraid that the chicken plucked, put his face in the in the tummy liquid and then put it in the thing. Let me ask you a question. If the tummy liquid is like red, wouldn't I see red in the dough? Right, we're afraid that the chicken went to the liquid. Now, if the liquid's water, I won't see it. But if let's say the liquid was soy sauce, it was tummy soy sauce. If you put some soy sauce in the dough, I'll see the soy sauce. It says the Gemara. It's only true if the liquids are clear or white. Let's say the liquid was soy sauce, which is a red, very dark red color. So it's part of a you know wine. So then then it's not an issue because if the chicken was plucking, you'd see it. Now the Gemara says, is that true? Maybe the chicken taka plucked the red wine and it got absorbed in the dough. Over time, red wine will sort of seep into the dough. So the answer is, uh, no, that's only true if it's clear. If it's clear liquids, even if it's red, it'll sink in. But if it's cloudy, thick liquids, you'll see it. Okay, we're up to the new Mishnah. Um, from here until the end of the daf, we are dealing with the laws of Yichud. Much easier. Very pleasant. Laws of Yichud. The laws of Yichud is that a man and a woman are not allowed to seclude, to seclude together because we're afraid they'll have relations. By the way, we're not worried about rape. We're worried about relations. Just Agav, it's good to know. We're not concerned about attacking. They're going to live together. Okay. The Allah is like this. A man is not allowed to seclude with two women. Why? Because we're afraid that each woman will let him have relations with her. Or one woman will have relations. The other woman will say, don't worry, I won't tell anybody. And because they're not as embarrassed, that's what we're concerned about. But one woman is allowed to seclude with ten, two men. One man, two women, no. One woman, two men is fine because the, the men are not going to have relations in front of each other and they're going to stop it. And they're not going to, they're not going to let it. They're not going to cover up for each other. Says the Gemara, Rav Shem says, no, even one man can be secluded with two women because they're not going to do anything. In. If one of the women is his wife, meaning one man, two women, no good. But what if one of the two women is his wife? So she is like a shimer. She's like a mashkiach. She is not going to let anything happen. So if one of the women, you could be be miyached if one of the women is your wife. Okay. Well, no. So the daughter is actually in more of an extension. It's a mashayla in the paiskim whether a daughter is a hetter or not. It's machalikas, but wife is the makar. Wife is the makar. Ishtay mishnemar sasa is a wife watches. You could even sleep in the same inn together if your wife's in the same room, meaning you could take a hotel room, a couple and a, a woman in the same hotel room, which shouldn't, it's not appropriate. You should, you could technically, because your wife is in the same room, even though all sleeping in the same room, your wife's there. Nothing's going to happen. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, a man is allowed to seclude with his mother or his daughter, meaning there's no yichud with a man with his mother or a man with his daughter. The truth is, 
a man could even sleep on the like a, to have bodily contact if the if the like a boy can sleep in the same bed as his mom, assuming he's younger, uh, or even with his sister, assuming they're younger. They make deal, but once the son and daughter grow up, you have to make sure they're, they're dressed because it's not appropriate. Okay, let's start the Gemara now. My I'm sorry, is that, is that is that the same bed or the same room? No, this is the same bed. What about the same room? Two different beds. Again, it's it's mutter, but at some point it becomes inappropriate. From a technical perspective, it's mutter, but, but it's uh, at some, yeah, but at some point it's it's not it's oh. not it's definitely not appropriate. And it's not healthy either. But like a boy and a sibling should not be sleeping in the same room once they hit a certain age. It's, it's definitely no. We didn't say we said a father and a daughter or a mother and a son. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but even that, even that, it's it's technically mutter, but uh, yeah, it's mutter. Okay, mutter. Okay. Siblings are sure about the time. Yeah. Mom and a mom and son. Uh, it happens on vacation. It's always when the shadows come up because you don't get enough rooms. In my time, what's the reason that a man cannot be alone with two women, but one woman could be alone with two men? Women are a little bit easier to manipulate. So the guy, when there's two women in the room, he'll manipulate one. And manipulate the other one. One he'll manipulate to have relations with the one. The other one he'll say, yeah, you know, just don't tell anybody. And and she doesn't want to upset. Or but two men, men, men don't care about each other as much, and uh, they're not going to cover up for each other. Now, What is the source of yichud? What is the source that a man cannot seclude with a with a woman? So says the Gemara. Where is the remez for yichud in the Torah? Shenemar. Now, let me read you this pasuk. I'll tell you what the pasuk is actually referring to and then how we translate it. The pasuk says, Ki achicha ben imecha. Your brother, ben imecha, your brother from the son of your mother, meaning your maternal brother, your brother that you share the same mom. If he gets you, basically, the pasuk is saying, be careful, he might try to get you to go off the derech. Meaning the cases where you have a sibling who's trying to get you to do idolatry. And the Pasuk says, don't listen to it. Now the Pasuk specifically says, your brother, the son of your mother. Now, let's analyze. We'll analyze later. Why is it more likely that like he would try to get you to go off the derech than your brother from your father's side? But anyway, why does it say, Achicha ben imecha, the brother, the son of your mom? You want to know why it says that? It's because it's telling you, the only one who could have yichud is a son and his mom. So the son of your his son of your mom is because the son of your mom will be together. The son of your father, let's say you have a brother from a same father of a different mom. She, he's never going to be near your mom because they don't uh, uh, that's Ihur. Meaning, if you have a brother that you share the same mother, but not the same father, if you share the same mother, not the same father, you could be together a lot. Because he's going to be with his mom, he's going to be in the same room. There's no, there's no yichud problem. But if it's a brother from your father's side, he's not going to be near you a lot because he's not going to be with your mother, which is his stepmother, because that would be yichud. So the Gemara says, ben ben What the pasuk is describing a sibling trying to get you go off the derech, and it says your maternal mother be careful, and your paternal brother is not going to get your your maternal brother be careful. And your paternal brother is not going to get you trying to go off the derech. Elohim is to tell you the pasuk says ben imecha. The pasuk is telling you ben misyachadim imari v'asisyachadim kol araish shavater. It's telling you ben imecha that your 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 a son can be with his mother for yichud problems, 
And therefore, it's very likely you'll interact with him more because you share the same mom. So he'll be in the same room with your mom. But Ben Avicha, your paternal brother, if you don't have the same mom, the likelihood is you won't see him very often because, because of Yichud, he won't be at your house. Now, okay, so that's the source that's telling you the only one who is allowed to be Miachid is a, a boy with his mom as opposed to any other woman. Now, that's the drusha Dika Pasuk. Let's go with the Pashup shot of the Pasuk. The Pashup shot of the Pasuk is saying, be careful that your maternal mother is going to get you to go off the derech. What about your paternal brother? Again, maternal means you have the same mom. Paternal means you have the same dad. The Pasuk is saying, be careful with that your maternal brother, brother, your brother from your mom's side, be careful about him. Why not be careful about your paternal brother? The answer is paternal brothers hated each other because they shared an inheritance. So you're not going to trust him anyway. If you have a brother that you share the same dad, not the same mom, you're, you you have a inheritance. So there's like a there's like a little bit of a like a little bit of a fight. So if he tries to get you go off the dark, he can be like, get out of here. But your maternal brother, there's no yichud. There's no there's no uh, there's no uh, there's no inheritance. So there's more um, vulnerability and more of a chance. Your guard's down. And that's why the, there's a chance that you can go off the dark. You understand? So the Gemara says, Pasha the Krab Maiksiv, Amrabai, Loimi Boy Karmel, Loimi Boy Ben Av, the Sunny Lay, the Oitzlaitzeras. The Pasuk is saying like this Your paternal brother, for sure you got to keep your guard up because he hates you. Meaning, it's a little bit different than what I said. Your paternal brother, because of the inheritance issue, he hates you. And therefore, because because you, you're taking away his inheritance, so therefore, definitely keep your guard up because he's going to try to get you go for that. He does not have your best interest. But even your patern, your maternal brother who has no inheritance issues, he'll say he's got my best interest at heart. No, 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 no. If it's anything to push you away from Hashem, do not listen to him. Okay. Now, according to the Mishnah, one, um, one man is allowed to is not allowed to be miyachid with two women. One man, two women, usher. Says the Gemara, name a masis unto like Abishol. Our mission is not like Abishol. Why? Because Abishol said it's allowed. Titania, what was the Brysa referring to? We'll end with this. Let's say a baby dies before 30 days. So Nebuch, the baby died before 30 days. The Mishnah is talking about the burial of the baby. So you don't have to have a big funeral. You don't even have to have a casket. You just hold the baby. You don't need a lot of people at the burial. How many people do you need? You could have one woman, two men, just the mom and two men. Meaning, and there's no, there's no, there's no yichud issue with the mom and two men. There's no yichud issue with the mom and two men. So, but you can't have one man buried with two women. Why? You just have the, the dad wants to bury his kid. And he has two women that are going to come with him. That's a problem, because the yichud, one man, two women, is a problem. Abishol says, that's fine. So you see, Abishol holds, there's no yichud issue by one man and two women, because he allows them to go to a funeral together. So you see that Abishol disagrees with our Mishnah. So the Gemara says, no. Generally, Abishol agrees that one man and two women is a problem of yichud. So why is he leading to over there? Because he says, when you're burying an infant, there's no... Uh, there's no Yitzhahara for relations. Meaning, generally one man and two women, Abishol agrees is a problem of Yichud. Then how come he allows them to bury the child? That that breakup of one man, two women. The answer is because when people just when parents just lost a baby, the last thing they're going to be thinking about. When a guy just lost a baby, the last thing he's thinking about is, is doing another. 
So the machloikis Abishol Rabbanon is whether there's a concern of yichud at such a funeral. Everyone agrees one man, two women is generally a problem. The machloikis is, is there a concern of the Yitzhahara when you're at this funeral and you just lost a child? So the Gemara says, the Rabbanu feel there is a concern. Some of the Rav Yitzchak, the Rav Yitzchak, they follow Rav Yitzchak. What does the what does the pasuk say? The pasuk says in Eicha, Ma Adam Chai Gever Al Chatoi. The pasuk says, What would a living man mourn? A strong man for his sins. What does this mean? Afilu Bishas Anin Shaladim. Even when you're mourning. Yitzhar Mizgaber. The Pasuk saying, even when you're mourning, the Yitzhar is very strong. Because again, the Pasuk says, Adam chai. even when a person is an Ainin, he's mourning someone, Gavr al he's got to be strong with his Yitzhar. Meaning the Rabbana is saying, there's a problem of Yichud even when you're you're burying your child. That, that's not a heter. Abishol feels, no, there's no Yitzhar. What does Abishol do with this Pasuk? So he says, this Pasuk is not referring to the Yitzhar, it's not referring to Yichud, it's not referring to Aninus. You know what it's referring to? Abishol. This Pasuk is referring to someone who complains about Hashem. When you hear bad news and someone complains, why is God doing this to me? To that Hashem said, What are you complaining about Hashem? What, you're such a tzaddik? I mean, the Pasuk is not referring to and, you know, uh, funeral. It's saying, Why are you complaining against Hashem? You're such a tzaddik. You over, meaning, you're not such a tzaddik either. So everything that Hashem does, you deserve. So rather, be happy with the life that you got. Meaning, don't complain against Hashem, because you deserve a lot worse. That's what the Pasuk is referring to. The Rabbanon, why are the Rabbanon, therefore, uh, why are the Rabbanon concerned that there's a problem of Yichod even by a funeral? Because the story goes with such a woman, that a woman pretended to bury a child in order to go and be secluded with a man. She put up like a like wrapped it wasn't a baby, but she like wrapped like a towel, whatever. And she said, "We're going to a funeral." And then and they went out and they had relations. The rabbana said, "No hetter for yichud by funerals. No, no, no. I there's no yichud. Uh, we're not letting people play games." Um, I'll tell you. Let's stop here and we'll pick it up tomorrow. Uh, we'll pick it up tomorrow. Oh, yeah.